welcome to the Vitrous Podcast, where we help women and families achieve their best health, body, and soul. Here are your hosts, Lisa Marino and Aaron Hazelbaker. Hello and welcome back to the Victor's Podcast. My name is Lisa Marino and I'm here with my sister, Erin Hazelbaker. And we're going to dive back into mental health. And this is part two. We're bringing on our guest again, Jason Jenkins, who is a school psychologist from here in Ohio. And before we uh, get into this difficult topic, let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless this time together. We ask that you would open our hearts that we may hear what we need to in order to be encouraged, in order to grow in our faith, to know and love and serve you better. We just wrap up all those that are dealing with mental illness, our friends, family, community members that are struggling, Lord. We just ask you to administer to them that they would know your peace and your consolation in the midst of suffering. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Just to recap a little bit, we you know have been talking about the state of mental health. Um, obviously, suicide rates are up, mass shootings are up. Um, so, what can we do, and why is faith important? So, we really want to get into spirituality. You know, why is why is that a you know key component um, and, and a huge huge advantage um, of um, you know protecting your kids and and giving them the best success um, that you can as far as mental health is. Um, and then we just really wanted to reiterate from you know part one. Um, you know, we talked about seeking help and not being afraid to, but knowing that, um, you know, not every kid has issues with mental health. So, you know, not, not wanting to jump the gun there. Um, and, you know, we talked about the, the statistic that only 20% of families actually seek help, you know, for mental health. So um, it's underutilized is the issue. And we talked through some of those warning signs of when is it time to seek help. And um, again, just to recap, because um, this is just important. I think it should be <laughs> reinforced, um, you know, changes in sleep, changes in activity, changes in interest. Um, that would be over, you know, the course of a two week or longer period. So, and then um, Jason just really emphasized just the instincts that we have as parents and going along with that um, and how often we second guess ourselves. And, um, you know, only do, do um, our, our children, you know, pick up on that. And um, it is scary and it is, you know, overwhelming and it, demanding obviously but um the more that that we are secure and the more that we are reassured in our decisions you know the better they respond and the better they can trust and um you know i think that's um a good lead in as far as spirituality and faith because that is i, th- I would say the key um and what i see even an adult a lot of my adult you know female especially patients that deal with anxiety and depression is that lack of trust that you know inability to give that over mm-hmm. to god um and still trying to control everything and second guess themselves. And um, that can be a big, you know, barrier, um, even just talking, you know, adult faith, adult, you know, mental health. So, um, so let's get into, you know, spirituality, mental health. Um, both of you guys, any other, um, anything you'd like to add from part one? Um, I just want to add that if you are a mom listening to this with your kids, um, there will be a part where you will want to, um, just kind of turn that off for a minute because we are going to be talking about um, some, just some things potentially that um, you wouldn't want them to hear. We'll go into that a little bit more. I'll kind of give you a quick warning before we talk about it. Sure. Um, you know, I think obviously, you know, when you talk about spirituality and mental health, I think, you know, most people could assume they go hand in hand. And, you know, and I was 
just telling Lisa, you know, during the break, you know, there's a lot of research now that, that suggests that spirituality and religion, you know, reduces suicide rates, alcoholism, and drug use. And there's a lot of research coming out. But I think the reason, you know, spirituality and even religion, you know, in and of themselves are important is it gives people something to believe in. You know, it, it, it gives us something kind of to, to buy into and provide some type of structure. And it also gives us a community of people, which are huge when we're talking about mental health. You know, we need those three things. Um, you know, and I was thinking about spirituality and mental health. I wanted to break it down in a couple, you know, main benefits, you know, because I think there's a lot of benefits of spirituality in general, but as it relates to how we feel about ourselves and how we're perceiving the world and how we're interacting with the world, you know, the big thing I think is it gives you a sense of community. Um, you know, obviously spirituality and religion provide that, but, you know, it, it gives us a lot of ways to initiate social connections. Um, it also brings you in contact with people that have a similar thought process or thought pattern or sense of um, being. So you, you get to kind of build that obviously with other people. It makes you more trustworthy. You feel safe in those social engagements, especially within the framework of a church or spirituality. The other thing that is key with spirituality is the rituals. You know, there's a lot of rituals associated with spirituality. You know, here's where we probably can talk about the Catholic faith in a little bit more detail because there is a lot of rituals that go with the Catholic faith. Um, you know, yeah, which is often is, talked about as being a downside. <laughs> right, right. But there's a lot of things that, that, that help us. You know, rituals are cool because it helps people to cope with different life situations. You need ritualistic things that, that even though they're specific can help, still help us deal with a big, huge, you know, continuum of different situations we're dealing with. It also provides that structure, regularity, and predictability. I mean, we need that in our life. I mean, it doesn't mean that everything needs to be scripted, but, you know, spirituality and faith can definitely provide some structure you know, and, and, and some regularity and predictability within how we dress life situations and those kind of things. And then, you know, the also thing about a ritual and about spirituality is it gives us a time for rest. I don't think we talk enough about mm -hmm. we need to rest ourselves. You know, I know, I know my wife, and I'm going to give her a shout out. She's always like, you got to have time to sit with him. You know, obviously meaning God. You have well, to have I love that. You sit with him. Um, you know, and, and, and what does that mean for people? It could look very different. But I think you have to sit with him, you know, and you have to sometimes like come into his presence and say, okay, what do I need to do? You know, what is your will for my life? Um, and understanding that we still have free will, so we're not totally independent of things we're doing or not doing. Um, you know, that ritual can be huge. And again, like I said, in the Catholic faith, we have a lot of things that are ritualistically provided. You know, we have the sacraments, which are huge. We know about the Eucharist. Um, we should be exploring that as much as we possibly can. Reconciliation is a huge thing. You know, we've already hinted about forgiveness, talked about forgiveness. I mean, that is a huge, huge thing when we talk about healing. And obviously healing is going to relate to mental health. So I think we definitely have to keep that. Um, and the other thing I think that is huge about spirituality is the teachings. You know, I mean, it, it provides a guideline for living. You know, a prime example is the importance of doing the right thing. We have the Ten Commandments. You know, we hear these things so often. Um, even across the different faiths, and we're just talking about Christianity now in, in general, but you hear, honor your father and mother, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't covet your neighbor's things, don't, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain. So I think a lot of those things, you know, spirituality gives you a framework of how you should be living and how you should be accessing life. You know, it also teaches compassion, forgiveness, gratitude, again, things that make us able to connect to people, but also in turn help us with introspection insightfulness, reflection, which where we can say, okay, I don't think I did that right because God's pointing me in a different direction. Amen. That's, that's what I see, you know, by enlarge is, you know, 
underutilized again you know we don't take enough time to rest to think to reflect right. to pray um and and uh, for much of us that is society that is driving that you know just right. the busyness the busyness that can be um you know distracting us from that but i would say even in adults you know mm -hmm. that again back to the Absolutely. role modeling you know role modeling them are we taking time for leisure and i would say one thing in our family that is um that really helps us to promote that is to take Sundays and, and Sundays it is a day of rest and it's, right. you know, God built that in for a reason. You know, sure. just one example there um, as a family, we're going to change the way we do things on Sunday because mm -hmm. we all need some downtime, you know? Um, again, I love that. I think that's a practical step that you can take too to role model. I think as a mom, of kids that are in sports and activities and things, you know, that kind of becomes a little bit more difficult um, because um, what are you going to do? Um, just pull your kid every Sunday. So I think that's something that, you know, you guys will have to face to kind of as you get down the road a little bit, but the way that we've decided to deal with it a little bit more is um, make Sunday more of a family day. Um, or if we can't be all together as a family, like a, um, a date day, you know, kind of evening, we'll have the, a date together. Um, so some way of kind of bringing in, you know, our family together or, you know, so maybe we do have to run to a soccer game in the middle of the day, but we come home and we have family time, you know? So I think that is kind of really difficult. Like you said, how do you do that? How do you, yeah, you know, a lot of families like to pray the rosary together on Sunday. I mean, those exactly. are exactly great, great yes. to make that day different. And um, again, just a role model that time of, of sure. rest too. And, um, you know, I just want to um, continue to emphasize the hope, you know, I mean, we're talking about all this research and all of that. There's, there's still so much hope, you know, like Absolutely. you said, just the importance of faith, no matter where you're at, because I mean, we all have different faith journeys and we've all been there that, you know, um, it's just where you're at. And, um, you know, if you are, you know, in a place right now that maybe you feel like, you know, Sunday is a busy day or, you know, maybe you're getting to church every other week or whatever it is. I mean, there's always hope. There's always room for improvement. You know, your kids aren't doomed, you know, because um, X, Y, and Z, right? So um, the research, the, the statistics, right, that can be overwhelming, but um, there's so much hope. There's there's so much um, help out there too um, and just to continue on. And, and mm -hmm. um, you know, especially for parents, that is a great place to start is that time of rest, that time of prayer, and just start start to listen, start to listen what God's asking mm -hmm. of you. And, um, and again, not only to open up those lines of communication in your own family, but, you know, obviously, obviously with God too. So sorry, Jason. To no, that was there, so. kind of perfect. You know, and I think as we think about, you know, spirituality, you know, a couple other points I just kind of listed here, you know, it's and I thought this was really neat. I just found this research today. You know, that, you know, one of the things that I encourage is meditation and self-reflection. Um, they've recently done brain imaging studies. So people that utilize meditation and self-reflection, it actually activates part of your brains that help with emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. So it's really targeting those brain areas that God created to say, hey, I want to help you through this. I want to give you a coping strategy or a mechanism or faith-based faith way to navigate this, you know, I think that's a huge thing with spirituality is it going to help you identify life lessons and then apply that even in the challenging, difficult and uncharted situations. You know, and I think that's huge with faith because we've been faced with a lot of things where you go, all right, now, now what am I supposed to do? Or, you know, and where, what is God asking me to do? Or where is God leading me? And, you know, sometimes we just fall back on, I'm okay because he's in charge. You know, he has me, he's holding me. 
you know, he's going to lead me to where I need to be. And sometimes that can be a little uncomfortable, a little uh, horribly <laughs> uncomfortable. You know, yeah. I want to rip our skin off and, and run, you know, for like the wind, you know, and, and it's also too, because as you, as you're doing these things, you like, you know, he starts incorporating these things, he leads you to things, he teaches you things. Um, you know, and again, we're going to then hopefully model that because one of the things we're called to be as Christians is, is fisher of men. You know, we're supposed to evangelize. And one of the biggest ways to do that is through our actions. You know, and I think it's good when you have that spirituality basis because there is so much good stuff in there. I even love, like, when you look at it, even across other religions, there's a lot of things that focus on being a good person. Right. And there's more to faith and spirituality than that. That's, that's a huge contradiction right. in society that, you know, I just, I am who I am, you know, and it's like, well, no, Christ calls us to, to change the things about us that, right. you know, are not good. And um, that's where, you know, relative, relativism comes into play that um, it's not just you do you, you know, yeah, just whatever, whatever works for you, you know, we have that, like, like you've mentioned, that moral code that um, calls us to a higher place. And, and unfortunately, I, I don't like that sometimes because I want right. to just do what I want to do, right? But um, that's not the best thing for a lot of times my family or my patients or myself, obviously. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think too, you know, to tie that back into mental health is, you know, if we have a foundation that gives us a way to nurture ourselves, a way to, to understand and, and navigate life, you know, and I think, you know, there's, there's so much scripture reference, you know, to that. I mean, obviously the Catholic church is big on the traditions and the rituals, which again, help with that mental health aspect, you know, and, and I love the research. I mean, it's overwhelming that people that associate with, with spirituality and Christianity and religion, like they do, they have lower suicide rates, lower drug and alcohol dependence and drug use. They have lower rates of depression. I mean, you know, so, it, and I think we can kind of say, well, that makes sense because if somebody is, is trying to explore and navigate a spiritual world, well, there is a God that loves us unconditionally, that is always teaching and correcting us every step of the way, showing us our faults, reaffirming us in those things we're, you know, we're, we're doing that match his will, you know, and you think, gosh, that, that gives me a, a great way to navigate life. I mean, it, it is, it's like a, a trail map. Now, sometimes we don't always know where that path is leading. Um, and we like to bucket and go our own way and start forging a path. And, you know, it, get, it can get a little crazy and a little ugly, but we also have you know, a, a God that loves us really more than we can comprehend, you know, and, and, and loved us enough to send his own son. You know, we talk about parents, you know, I think as we're relating even now, like, you know, like where do I draw that line between I'm, I got to protect my kid and buffer my kid because I'm going to offer my kid up, up for everybody. You know, I'm going to put him in the flesh, my own self in the flesh and sacrifice him for everybody's sin. You know, and I think that puts a lot of things in then in perspective, <laughs> which probably are trivial. Um, probably we've overblown, um, you know, but we do live in a world too that I think what's hard with spirituality is people want to just break that right off the bat. You know, it's, oh, well, that's, that's a bunch of gobbledygook or that's something that somebody wrote down in a book 2000 years ago and it's not applicable anymore. You know, and, and I think, you know, as we've seen some of those things with, with getting away from prayer in schools and, and, you know, some of these religious freedoms being more restricted, you know, it's funny that then we correlate now with higher rates of mental health issues, you know, the murder rate is still pretty high. The abortion rate is still pretty high. You know, there's all these things that these numbers are like, gosh, they're going up. Yet this number, you know, church attendance and, and things are going down. So it's like there's probably some, it's probably not a coincidence that those correlations are kind of diametrically opposed to each other. That's one of my favorite parts of teaching. I have, there's a, 
our CCD program at church, church school is um, there's a faith in science uh, course that I, that I get to teach. And that's one of my favorite, you know, teachings is mm-hmm. on that, like those should never contradict, you know, it only points more and right. more to, you know, the beauty of creation and understanding our body and understanding our brain. And, um, you know, like you're saying, that's mm-hmm. all the research that's coming out only points directly more towards those truths, you know, that we follow mm-hmm. that, um, you know, obviously there's scientific error and all that too, but, um, as we get closer and closer to, you know, the truth of understanding, um, our reality, it, it, it does point more and more directly yeah, to being sure. beneficial, um, um, you know, and, and to pointing to, to higher truth. Yeah, I think this is the part that um, I'll jump in quick and say, hey, moms, um, if you're listening with your kids, it's um, especially kids that are. um, Anyway, I'll just say if you're listening with your kids, turn it off for just a minute and um, listen when you're by yourself. So I'll give you a second to do that. Um, But just wanted to lend a little bit of my personal experience and the. you know, just a a real life example. Um, So this is nothing that um, would be scary at all. We are just going to be talking about um, (laughs) S-A-N-T-A, Santa for a moment. Um, So I just wanted to um, take a brief second because you know, we had kind of shared on the side, I was kind of talking with Jason and Lisa a little bit about um, one of my children Um, just had a real, just a tough time in their life where um, he had figured out about um, Santa and he had figured out, um, you know, our our dog had passed away Um, and um, an aunt that, um, you know, that he knew very well had also passed away. And so there's like these you know, kind of different things kind of all come together at the same time. And we had this kid who was very self-assured um, and all of a sudden became very nervous about us leaving him anywhere. Um, and so, um, and so it became really difficult for us to know what to do as parents. You know, do you just kick him out of the car, go, just go, You're, we're here, we're going to be here, we're always here, we never leave you, we're never going to leave, you know, do you have that reaction, um, which of course, sometimes you get to that point, because it's like, come on, you know, um, he got to the point where he would not get out of the car until I had parked and gotten everyone else unbuckled to get out with him, you know, um, to go to that practice, so, so we kind of, had to work our way through that. And a big way that we were able to do that was reaching out to his coaches and his teachers and, um, you know, to our peers as well. So um, we have a really great school where our kids go that there are school psychologists, you know, right there with them. Um, And I know that a lot of, a lot of schools now have that, which is just wonderful. Um, But we were able to kind of utilize all those resources to really work and figure out, okay, you know, are we giving him crutches in different situations or are these things that are just going to help him to kind of work through that and take steps towards healing and kind of getting, you know, beyond that point. So, um, again, this wasn't something that was, um, too scary for them to hear. I just didn't want to hear if anybody was, um, listening, you know, about, about the, (laughs) the big guy. Um, because one of the things that, that I think he was really struggling with is then, you know, trying to figure out, well, what, you know, 
what is faith then? Um, and, and so that's something my husband and I have talked a lot about too, is like, um, you know, if you have this faith in Santa, you know, that's an issue as well. So um, we have all these different, you know, different kind of things. And I don't know if you want to touch on any of that. Um, and that's bringing a whole nother can of worms that Lisa and I've talked about at different points. But, um, but I think the big thing is just like you've said, you know, taking that time to reach out. Now, did we do all that right away? No way. We were, you know, going to try and figure it out on our own. And we were, you know, made mistakes and trust me, with all humility, you know, we, we did things wrong over and over again before we figured out that reaching out to the school, reaching out to, you know, his peers and his coaches and, you know, figuring out all of that um, was going to be the best bet. So anyway, I just really appreciated your, um, your insight as well. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, we talked about this a little bit during the break. And I think just for our audiences, you know, sometimes things happen, they're situational. Now, in the moment, they seem huge. And for your kid, it probably was. Like, he was like, well, if Santa's not real, and the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny, and right. Jesus Christ himself, you know. And, and we also find sometimes kids are responding to those life events because what we know is stress and, 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 and turmoil and strife are always a part of life. They just are, you know. And, and usually it's for our own good. <laughs> um, we have to be kind of reminded of that, you know, if I think very frequently. Um, you know, but that would, that's also one of those things, too, where in the moment, it, it seems intense. You know, and as a parent, you're going, okay, I had this kid that yesterday went to practice, no big deal. Now we won't even get out of the car. We got gnashing the teeth. He's crying. We're having a scene. You know, and, and I think, too, what I encourage parents to in those situations is understand they're situational. They seem overwhelming, um, you know, but, but, but all things come to an end. You know what I mean? Eventually, you know, and like how we need to persevere during those and, you know, and obviously we're going to make some mistakes along the way, but I also love that you referenced, and we talked about this in part one, you still were doing your research, you were talking to your kid, you started reaching out to your network, you know, the school, the peers, and again, that, again, I think are great things, because obviously, you know, we're trying to sometimes problem solve, and we're doing that blindly, you know, if a lot of times I think as parents, we feel like, gosh, I am in the dark, I'm the first one to find out, the last one to know, you know what I mean, and we're like, what does that mean, um, but I do, I think it's a nice, realistic point of like you know that you, you know you had a kid you know all fronts was pretty normal you know a life event happens and then you see something becomes a new normal um and but you're also able to identify that it was atypical you know you knew that this didn't just happen once didn't just happen twice so i think that also speaks to a lot of things we covered as far as warning signs and then you started i mean things just naturally increasing that communication with your kid talking to your spouse talking to your husband talking to your wife talking to your mom and dad Get the school involved. I mean, again, I, I think, you know, of that 80% that don't necessarily pursue mental health involvement, doesn't mean parents didn't do anything. doesn't mean they just necessarily sat on their hands. So I think we want to make that clear. But, you know, you need, do need to be looking into things. You, know, you need to trust that parental intuition. And, you know, you're right. I mean, then, then how the, then now what are we doing with this kid moving forward? You know, so fostering the communication. But we also then got to go back to good modeling. We got to, again, now replace maybe an, an alternate way of thinking because that got challenged, you know what I mean? And he struggled with it, you know? And I think, you know, like you said, did, did, we, did we do that too quick? Did we second guess it? Sure you did, that's what parents do all the time. Right. So naturally going, I, I screwed up, I damaged my kid for life, and I'm gonna be a big failure as a parent, and I'm just a big loser. And, you know, and I think sometimes as parents, you know, we need to just take a step back, and one, just understand it's situational for us as well. You know, in the moment it does, it seems like this huge, 
oh my gosh, that like if I make if I make this one mistake, I'm going to damage my kid for the rest of his life. And what we often find is that's not true. Um, but we kind of buy into that because we put ownership on ourselves and, you know, we got to fix it yesterday. Um, but I do, I think it sounds like you did a lot of the things, you know, I would encourage parents to one, just talk to your kid. You notice right away, well, something's not quite right. You know, and you trusted that intuition, trusted your gut. Um, and then kind of went to the source. Hey buddy, what's, what's the deal? Thankfully in this situation, and hopefully because you had modeled some things and then fostered some, some good communication, your kid was able to say, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of dealing with, with this big issue, you know, I mean, like, and for kids, I think that can be a huge thing, you know, like, cause it does, it challenges, you know, for their whole life. They're like, Oh, Santa Claus and he comes and he's got a beard and a belly. And, and they go, what, what do you mean? Like he, he's not real. And then, you know, so of course I got a lot of questions. And then naturally I think that leads to questioning probably some other things. And again, I can get that logical conclusion. And I'm like, Hey, this probably wasn't real. And that's probably, and then, like you said, so then I go question, faith in and of itself because i you know i've never seen jesus christ per se but but you tell me he's real <laughs> you know and i and i think but but again i think when these things happen especially when we have that spirituality basis we can come back to a very solid framework you know we can say look there's plenty of research that says jesus christ is real right well this earth he was crucified there's a lot of biblical references there's a lot of scholarly things out there and then also just how we we model that you know and i think how we handle situations you know again our kids learn how to cope from us and sometimes we teach them not so good coping mechanisms um and that's again that's just knowing that part and knowing that aspect um but i do i think i appreciate you sharing that because i think a lot of times too with mental health in general there's still a taboo with it people don't want to talk about it i think as as rampant as it seems in the media when we talk about mass shootings and suicide when it still boils down to it when we have to air something very personal that we're struggling with it's hard well, and I think, you know, the funniest thing about, you know, our situation, and of course, was, so here's me and this other mom, who every week we're at practice together. And every week, you know, we're both sitting there like, oh, yay, we're at practice again. It took us probably, I don't know, eight weeks into the season to actually have the discussion of why we were both sitting down there. And it was because her kid was nervous about being left to practice alone. <laughs> and my kid was, and so even just the idea of that, just having that conversation with people and just kind of being open about it and understanding. Um, again, I talk about so often, um, you know, just having that humility um, and just kind of, you know, having the ability to converse with other people and um, and let them know kind of what you're going through as well. And, and it doesn't mean that you're always spilling your guts to everybody. You know, I think there's a fine line, but um, also just kind of allowing um, allowing yourself to kind of be out there a little bit too. Lisa and I talk about that a lot too, because um, so many times um, we want to be perfect. And so we try to be perfect and we don't want to share that other side of us. That's not perfect, you know? And so, um, so that kind of becomes hard sometimes too. And that goes into the mental health component as well. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a very great point. You know, it's funny, you know, you can laugh at it now, which, and that's the beauty of it. You know, you can kind of reflect on that situation and go, Oh, now we have some hindsight and we, we've learned something through it and, it and it gives you some value. But I think it's a great point to even think I'm sitting with a parent. Me and Lisa were talking about this too. Like I think during the break, like there's a lot of people hurting, you right. know, obviously people are hurting and manifest that in very different ways. And because we're very 
sometimes I think by nature, more of us some than others are kind of internal people. We don't share that other side. People say, how's your day going? It's great. When you really want to say it really sucked, that's probably the worst day this week. <laughs> but we don't say that because we think sometimes we're supposed to have this facade of what you see is what you get, you know? And, and I think culturally, again, we, we crammed on that people's throats, look a certain way, act a certain way, even feel a certain way. And that's not real. And then we're out here navigating these social media and these worlds that are kind of alternate reality. And I think that makes it even more confusing because then it's like, well, heck, even in this reality, I can't be real. I can't say, well, I feel this way. And someone says, oh, we'll just get over it. Or, you know, and I think those are things we just got to be mindful of too. And I think, you know, just to kind of tie a lot of things together, you know, obviously mental health is a big component of how we feel, you know, and, and how it ties into just our sense of self. Um, and it's connected to the physical well-being, the emotional well-being, and even the spiritual well-being. So I think there's a lot of components. I mean, I don't think you can tease just one out, you know, because there's so much overlap um, within them. But, you know, I think in, in, in current state of affairs, you know, we really have to understand that people are struggling. People are hurting. Um, and then also being mindful of our own failures and God bringing those people in our lives. What, you know, maybe God can use us to help those people, with, you know, because it don't always have to be a counselor or a licensed therapist to provide some type of assistance or, you know, or, or some treatment. But I think, you know, also to, to realize too, we have to challenge ourselves to, to speak openly about it, you know, to have those conversations that are frank to say, you know, this side of it isn't pretty, but it's okay. You know, it's not pretty. And I think not to shy away from it, you know, because I do, I laugh where we have all these resources yet only 20% of people are accessing it. So there's clearly a disconnect there. And I still think part of that is cultural standpoints. When we talk about mental health and mental illness. Um, you know, another thing, I mean, why I have an opportunity, I told Lisa, the other thing I want to clarify, you know, we talk about mass shootings and, and, and stuff, and people always want to bring up mental, mental health when it comes to that. You know, I think there's a clear distinction. A lot of people with mental health aren't grabbing guns and shooting people. You know, so I think we want to make that distinction. Um, you know, now that doesn't mean those people aren't dealing with some level of, of something. But I'd say it goes a little further than just mental health. <laughs> you know, maybe those people are evil. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people struggling with things. And we've heard that a lot in the media. Oh, we got to start looking at mental health. Well, there's a lot of people dealing with anxiety and depression and attention issues and Tourette's and all these things. But they're not doing violent, harmful, evil things, you know. So I think we want to help clarify that, too, and really help really challenge that stigma. Because sometimes that goes kind of negatively against that stigma when you mention mental health. And that's a crazy person. They need to be locked up. And we think about asylums in the 1930s and 40s. And I think while we've evolved, we still need to be very open. And I think one way to do that is in that spiritual realm because then we can allow ourselves to be real. We can say we have a God that loves us unconditionally and he loves Lisa unconditionally and he loves me. He loves Aaron. He loves our families and he loves our, you know, and, and, and to have that then be maybe a bridge to go like, you know, we're all sinners, which also means we're all going to struggle. You know, and sometimes it's easier to struggle together than it is to struggle in isolation. You know, I think that's one thing I still see with the mental health aspect. There are a lot of people struggling alone, you know, but yet we're supposed to be this connected, higher reasoning world and we're supposed to have all these access to people and things, but yet people are still very isolated and they're hurt. Um, you know, so I think, you know, for parents, you know, the big thing is, and I think a lot of parents do this already, you're modeling appropriate behavior. You're talking to your kid. I mean, I can't reiterate that enough, talk to your kid. I don't care if you don't get a big response. How was your day? What's going on? Again, you know, you have to find that line. Like I'm, I'm meddling versus I'm just inquisitive as your parent and want information. 
Um, you know, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head too, is like, we got to do more family vocationally oriented things, you know, to involve our kids. I love the, the family fun days. We used to do what we call Jenkins family fun days. So once a month, every month we went to some destination and we went snow tubing and then we went to some train station and we went to museums and, you know, so we tried to incorporate these ideas and actually it kind of fell off from it um, because it is hard to sustain it. But I think, you know, you have to be able to acclimate, you know, to your situation. And again, I, I want to encourage parents who've heard nothing in this in this recording or this podcast is trust your instincts because I mean, parents usually know their kids pretty well. Um, you know, and I'm kind of amazed sometimes the parents think, "Well, I don't they'll tell me all these things about their kid, and like I don't know what to do." And I'm like, "You just listed four things that you're already doing, or that you're already paying attention to." And you know, and then also too, I think you hit the nail on the head with like reaching out to folks. I mean, at least even starting with your spouse or your your brother, or your sister. Because um, that's how we foster that communication, and I think help continuing that challenge, that taboo of like we should speak out against these things and for these things. Because I think as you, you, you ladies have found, is like people are struggling, and not just physically. I mean, people are struggling, you know, and and they're real life issues, and we don't need to keep sweeping them under the rug, and or just say there's just one way to address it. You know, I think we want to do that too. We like well, here's this pill, here's mm-hmm. this quick fix flip the light switch, it goes away, we don't have to deal with it anymore. We also know that God doesn't work that way. I mean, you know, he, he said he's, he put up with people for 40 years, you know, in the Old Testament, like, are they going to get it? You know, and obviously, you know, he's, he's trying to show us things, and I think we have to sometimes understand that he allows suffering, and that's a harder concept when you talk about mental health, too. Absolutely. Um, but he does allow suffering, and, you know, what the value is in that. And usually what we find is it was situational, we take something from it, um, you know, and then even these situations that seem extreme, you know, there's obviously still something of value because he wouldn't design that without a purpose, you know, and that's so a concept sometimes even gets my own brain going, oh, I, I can't really. <laughs> I think that can be a, a huge block when you talk about faith and if you're struggling and, you know, if you're anxious or depressed or whatever it may be is that, you know, how could a God love me that much and still allow, you know, all this suffering and right. that yourself, just, you know, being a parent, well, <laughs> You know, your kids have to go through some element of suffering to learn and to grow and to become independent. And unfortunately, we have to continue to do that every single day, you know. And um, I think that is my hope and my goal, you know, from this too, is just um, to continue to, um, you know, encourage you wherever you're at is to um, develop that relationship um, and to truly see God as that. Um, unconditional, you know, love um, from from the Father. And many of us, you know, unfortunately, have never, you know, experienced that before. To to have that deep sense of trust and to and to just seek that um, seek that truth um, wholeheartedly. And um, that's the same love, the same compassion that you you know show your kids and that you want to develop in your family. And um, it's important for us to take that time, as we've mentioned, that time Absolutely. of rest, the time of refle- reflection and prayer, um, to develop that own our own deep sense of of trust and belonging. Um, and purpose so so then just kind of talking about that a little bit you know do you think that it's a lack I guess of faith or um a lack of I I don't know I you know you don't want to say like mental health issues are because of this or because of that or because of you know a lack of anything that you've done you know personally but my question is how come you know when you look back you know 100 years ago um 
you know, and you have these people, I mean, we talk, you, you know, even our, our grandparents, you know, here, my, my grandpa was born and then his mom died, you know, or you, you hear stories about this all the time. And then here's 12 kids and somehow they all did pretty well. And they all, you know, were really tough, hardworking, farming type people. You don't hear, you know, when, when you hear that story um, nowadays, you know, it's, it's a different, it feels like a different outcome. And, and that's what I just am just kind of wondering. I mean, I know you've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the breakdown of the family itself, you know, number one, um, the breakdown of, you know, spirituality um, and, and, you know, just our faithfulness as people. Um, but I didn't know if there was, um, you know, a couple of things that you feel like or that research has pointed to, because um, Lisa and I always talk about we love hearing the research. Right. Well, and you know, I, I think, it, it, you know, you know, with any research, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But I do think that, you know, you look at those correlations, I mean, where certain numbers are up that aren't good for society and other numbers are down. I mean, like you look at church attendance, the number of people that left the Catholic faith in 10 years, and it's, it's kind of overwhelming. You know, so it's funny, you know, and again, research is never going to say that's a perfect correlation, but this is where I would probably interject a little bit of my personal opinion. I think there's got to be something to that. So as church attendance goes down, the divorce rate goes up. Well, those are conversely related. You know what I mean? In my mind, you know, or, or you know, we, we do these programs and the abortion rate goes up. But yet we don't understand why the family unit is still breaking down when people don't know their fathers or their single parents. And, you know, so I think there's so many things and I think the other thing we've done inadvertently is, you know, we use this information now because everybody has access to it. And it actually, like, I think it stunts our growth, you know, because we didn't hear about the family of 12 that made it. You just didn't. I mean, unless you lived in that neighborhood. Right. And it's like, you know, media loves to, like, and I think this is where, you know, we have to be really mindful is a lot of the media presence, not painting all the media is bad, it, it becomes pretty negative. And you hear every horrible, terrible, bad thing that anybody has ever done as it relates to a situation. And then you're like, but what about the, the guy that still made it? You know, and, and, I, and I think a lot of times what happens and we get the skewed perceptions. There's still a lot of people and kids that are very resilient. There's still a lot of situations where I go like, oh, you actually made it out of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife references a friend of hers from college that like, you know, he, I think just I don't know all the factors, but he, he changed his life. You know, he didn't follow the same outcome, the same social prediction that the rest of maybe his family members did. You think, what are those factors? And I think faith is one of those resilient factors. I think it has to be. I mean, I don't, you know, I think research shows when people are more spiritual, they have less drug abuse, they have less substance abuse, they have less alcoholic rates, they have less suicide rates. So I think, you, you know, you can't, I think, say that people are less faithful. You know, I think, I don't know if you could ever make that statement, but when I look at a world where it seemingly seems less faithful, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't think you want to say, well, gosh, I think people are less faithful. You know, but when you look at the numbers that relate to that, church attendance is down. You know, these suicide rates and these other, you know, antisocial factors are up. I mean, it's like, well, there's got to be some level of something going on there. Well, I, here's I the hard thing is, um, you know, I I know, you know, your stories, you know, from faith, both of you guys and myself included, if we all had our times that we were certainly not faithful, certainly not, you know, so I mean, that's where, you know, just wherever you're at and right. um, that, that's kind of the important thing is, sure. you know, meeting people where they're at and, and just knowing that, um, having that reassurance that um, that can always, always change, always improve. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of society has placed that on that. 
all of a sudden you're not going to church anymore. All of a sudden, why, you know, why doesn't it matter? Or all of a sudden my kids don't care, you know, anymore. And, um, you know, society has, has set that up, you know, um, to make that, that challenging. And then also, you know, just, um, maybe that knowledge or understanding of that relationship that, um, unfortunately is kind of the way that seems to be that the church has developed, you know, lack of, lack of a strong relationship, you know, with Christ. Um, and then, you know, maybe poorly understanding, you know, the church or, or faith and the importance of that. And, um, fortunately now we're, um, seeing, seeing the effects of that. Absolutely. All right. Did you have well, something? I think, you know, just kind of one last thought, just kind of for parents out there is, you know, we are happy, um, you know, to be your sounding boards at different points. Um, you know, we have obviously um, just parenting experience, but um, it's not just that we're more here because we want to pray for you. Um, we want to um, help you just kind of get through these times. So we're happy to um, have you all as listeners, and we are just so thankful for um, Jason's time today. And we're thankful for, um, obviously, thank, thankful to God for um, just giving us this platform as well, just to kind of share this information. So Lisa, do you want to end in prayer? Yeah, let's do that. Great. The Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we just continue with Aaron's praise and thanks um, for your goodness, for the blessing of this time together. Um, and we just ask that you would bless our listeners, bless our families, bless all their families, and especially those that are struggling, those that are dealing with uh, issues related to mental health. Just encourage them. And we hope that they are encouraged and uh, that they would be built up and that they would come to know your deep abiding love power of forgiveness, the power of family and faith, um, the hope to change, the hope to forge and continue on um, to know you, to know your guidance um, and to know that it's okay to, to struggle and it's okay to be little and to be small and to be able to trust in your arms and your greatness and your goodness. We just lift them up and we praise you and thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Father. Okay. So um, go ahead and reach out to us. If you have any other, you know, further questions, I'm sure we'd be happy to do um, another uh, part three. Follow up up. Follow up questions. Um, Let's, you know, let's get into it a little bit and then um, go ahead and reach out to Aaron and I, and we can hook you up with Jason if you'd like to get in touch with him um, also. So um, the best way to do that, my email is lisa at victrushealth.com. Dot com. So we will post that um, in the show notes for sure. Thank you guys. As always, um, you know, please share this uh, if there's anybody that you know that is struggling. And, um, and we look forward to um, seeing you guys next time. Have a good night. All right.